0: Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. how'd you do? I do. I passed, but I failed. Yeah. I I'm happy and sad.
1: Bright as you, a a brother who's so. Don't call me stupid.
0: Who wide of the chicken cross the road? Get the, 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 the right, right. You'll be teaching remedial English. Remedial English? Look, I ain't no English teacher. See, double negative. What if? She wants you to kiss her. Well,
2: then I guess I'm just going to have to kiss her.
0: Amanda Jones' is No Minor Leaguer will be swept off her feet at the touch of your amateur lips. Thanks. This babe has plenty of battle scars. Apparently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it.
1: Hello and welcome to an extra edition of Rusted Junk where we look at the 1985 film Weird Science. Starring Anthony Michael Hall, Arlan Mitchell-Smith, Kennedy Brock, Bill Paxton... And Amanda's favorite, Robert Downey Jr.
0: Yeah, it's not a bad idea. What? Making a girl. Actually making a girl. This is Wyatt and Gary. I give her Wam Digious Mamma Glance. Something's about to change their world. Something. Out of this world. She's alive.
2: Alive! What would you little maniacs like to do first?
0: It's all in the name of science. Weird science.
2: If you want to be a party animal, you have to learn to live in the jungle. Not
0: us. Not here. No No way. way. She is turning their lives. Trust me for once, will you? What is going on? I don't know. I don't know, Their minds. Ah! And their house. Upside down. It's seriously affecting your sex life. (laughs) It's completely unnatural. Do you realize it's snowing in my room? Totally unbelievable. What's going on? And definitely weird. Hi, dudes. They went from zeros to heroes in one fantastic weekend. That's so good. Universal Pictures presents a John Hughes film, Weird Science.
2: It's purely sexual.
1: Okay, so Weird Science. <laughs> nice use of the Jaws music right at the start.
2: I thought that. What's that doing in there?
1: Oh, cuz it's it's they use the Jaws music as a sense of foreboding, a sense of something coming up. Oh. Well, it's the, one of the best pieces of classic, you know, film music ever, so
2: they allowed to use that there. Why not
1: well, I think they are probably to use that bit. I wouldn't go... Is it go into actually
2: from Jaws?
1: That, well, that bit looks as if it's actually not from the main score, knowing the main score as I do quite well. Um, it looks as if it's just somebody picked up a cello and doing that. So, probably oh. they've got around the copyright that way. Okay. Who knows? But anyway, mm. Jaws still is the greatest film ever. But uh, 70s and not forgotten, so it wouldn't meet any of the criteria for, for a podcast um, that we're doing. So... Um, yes, a, a an anomaly really in the John Hughes sort of um, uh, films, and probably some of you might be wondering why is this not the Breakfast Club? Um, simply because we uh, had a bit of a problem um, getting the uh, the podcast sorted out with because the guys from the Walt Disney Nerd Alert podcast were going to join us. Um, but we had problems here, so we had to postpone it. Um, and it's we're going to do that in, a co- in about 10, 10 days' time or so. We're going to record that. Um, so we thought we couldn't leave you hanging because we love you. Give oh, you a
2: bonus.
1: A bonus. Um, this is the bonus. The bonus is I didn't intend to watch Weird, Weird Science. Science. Well, here's the, here's the thing, though. I, I gave the choice of watching Weird Science or 16 Candles. Oh. And the, Well, wait a minute. See see you can hear that already the, the the sort of heavy heavy sigh oh that's 16 candles wait 16 candles is 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 essential viewing for john if you're going to john hughes and it's not a john hughes season it's a teen film season but because john hughes was so prevalent with teen films it's a really good idea to do the, the films so out of the two i was looking forward to 16 candles because there's a lot more to talk about in there there's a lot more to debate It's very dated in some way. But what was your reason for not wanting to watch 16 Candles? Oh,
2: it was a bit Molly Ringwald overload, really. Right. I don't particularly think she's that good.
1: And we've only ever done one Molly Ringwald film. There we go. So there's not an overload. It's hardly an overload. Well, I don't notice, I don't hear you complain about a Robert Downey Jr. overload.
2: Certainly not.
1: We've done about five of those.
2: Well.
1: Right, so. If that's Well, fine. You, you've got to get used to it because Molly Ringwald's part of the Breakfast Club. So yeah, no, we'll
2: we'll save that to the last then.
1: Molly Ringwald out. If indeed that is such a thing, it, it's not happening here, <laughs> not with not with the one. But anyway, I suppose we should get to the film. Uh, I couldn't read you on this one, like I uh, uh, like I couldn't read you on quite a lot of things. But um, I am dying to know your score. I'm dying to know what you think. I thought the score and what you thought about it.
2: Well, I have seen it before.
1: Oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> wait a minute! I, I should insert a thud there. <laughs> and I, and I, I did I,
2: actually really enjoy it, like when I watched it before, right? Many, many, many years right. ago. So I okay. couldn't remember it exactly, but I knew. I was going to say just could. for a
1: minute there, she's going to go. Yes, what, and I remember what Chet. I knew about what, to what the say.
2: content was, but I couldn't remember some of it. Right. Um.
1: Okay. I knew what the theme was. Okay. Um. So it's cool.
2: Um, I'll give it a, a, a solid six and a half, only wow. because the acting isn't that brilliant in it. No. Uh, well... Uh, the, but it's a fun film. Into entire, it's it's, it's a, enjoyable. It's got Shakespeare. It, but it passes the time. It's enjoyable.
1: Yes. It's 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 it's, it's unusual because it's a, a film that's been played for laughs. But there's still the... We'll get to that in the thing. There's still the John Hughes undercurrents in there mm. about the underdog and all, all grown-ups are evil and all that sort of stuff. It's fine. I mean, that, that's, that still maintains the theme. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Um,
2: well, actually, the um, the scores were... popcorn was 54.
1: Oh, and Rotten Tomato scores. You and should...
2: 69. Uh, yeah. So it kind of fits, really.
1: About right. I mean, it's not going to change the world. It's a film that, if it was on... The criteria is, if it was on and it was like 20 minutes gone, then I'd then I'd watch it. Um, I should say that I actually bought the Weird Science extended version, um, but uh, we weren't able to watch that that version and the extra bits in it. So I do have that to watch. Um, so unlike Stripes, where we watched the wrong version and <laughs> we watched the extended version, I just wanted to keep Weird Science to that one because, um, because of the location. We couldn't watch it down here. Um, down here, down down here, <laughs> as opposed to up there, as opposed to up there. Yes. Anyway, it all, it makes sense to us. Um, yeah, it's like it's like how, You know, it, it passes the time. It fits the thing. Uh, the this, this, the standout for me is, and you know, that the guy is versatile. Yes, he plays the geek all the time, but I do, I really do like Antina Michael Hall. And when we get to roll call, I, I'll lament the fact that you know it's just.
2: Is he the blonde one? Yeah, yeah. I really
1: enjoyed him. Oh, he's great. I mean, he's great, and he, and he's and he's sorry, spoiler alert, but he's so good in the breakfast. Everyone, everyone's so good in the Breakfast Club, but he Shush. is, but he is fantastic. Shush about
2: the Breakfast Club. No, no, yeah,
1: but but he's he's, I mean, he's a standout in this film, followed closely by uh, Bill Paxton, who's just brilliant, um, and you know he's he's great in everything that he touches. So I do like that. His, um, his co-star, is... Chet. Oh, Big Brother.
2: The older bro. brother, Big Brother.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I... That, that's we'll, we'll talk about the film. Um, I think probably, what should we do? Should we go into roll call? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go into
1: roll call. Why not?
2: Roll call.
1: Okay, quite a short roll call on this one. Uh, so quite a short roll call... For the for the things that you wouldn't think and maybe make up the time in other areas it'll all become clear let's start with the main guy um antonio michael hall uh he started out in a john hughes film um national lampoon's vacation um he played rusty he played chevy, chevy chase's kid um he's very good in that i mean he's <laughs> he's just good at playing these sorts of parts then obviously 16 Candles. Um, in the year before this um, Sixteen Candles is great um, we, we may revisit it in future podcasts if we're still doing this a couple of years time we'll go, do you know what, just for completion's sake let's go back, for old time's sake let's go back to John Hughes and do Sixteen Candles it's, as I say it's very dated, there's a lot of things that I get wrong with the film, but a thing. obviously this film um, The Breakfast Club uh, of course um, and then strangely for me he then pops up again in Edward Scissorhands he plays uh, Winner and Ride boyfriend um, the sort of like a, the abusive one um, you know the jock type of thing so he's built up in the years between then and Edward Scissorhands and four years you know and it, it since um, and he becomes this like and he and he's he's barely recognisable you're like wait a minute is that the guy at Weird Side? Um so yeah it was a uh, that's uh, That was a surprise for me. He's also in a film called Six Degrees of Separation, uh, which has got Stockard Channing, Donald Sutherland, and Will Smith. The first time you see Will Smith do a um, sort of acting, a really good acting job. He's great. He's great in that. He plays... one. Of, he plays. Um, I think he plays a, his gay lover or something, I think, in that, if I can memory serves me right, but it's a great film. Um, but here we go. On to Ireland Mitchell-Smith. His buddy, his nerd buddy, in this, he's done nothing.
2: Is that the dark head? Yeah,
1: that's the dark haired one. I mean, it's not that he's done nothing, but I, but I've no fret. I could I could list out and uh, you know all the films I'm looking at and going, no idea. He was the voice of Superboy in a cartoon. Pretty much it. His IMDb roster <laughs> is about ten entries, oh. and you're like. I'm sure he's been successful in his own right. He's probably like a plastic surgeon or something now, or you know, he's probably onto bigger and better things. And go, oh yeah, people still say about weird science. It, it, it could be literally that, but it
2: might even be a car mechanic, or something.
1: There's well, there's, it could it could be a car mechanic. It could be a plastic surgeon. There you go, Two, two, uh, two ends of the scale. Um, Kelly LeBrock, do you want to have a go? No, I any... sorry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, well, yeah. Actually, yeah, I, li- I like the idea of that. But anyway, um, oh but Kelly Brock, do you would you like to have an attempt
0: <laughs>
1: to guess uh, the other two films that she was in? Again, she's she's been in, I could rattle off these things like, I don't know, Cobra Alert or um, Jungle Adventure or something like that. And you go, I've no idea what they are. And literally I would have to go, I have no idea what these films are. But there are two films that she was famous for. Oh. Do you want to have a go? No. No. Uh, She starred in the film *The Woman in Red* with Gene Wilder. He was obsessed with *The Woman in Red*, and she was the woman in red on that one. Um, And because she married Stephen Stephen Siegel Stephen Segal,
2: did she? She did. She's not still married to him though. No, they. No, they 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 were together for quite a
1: while. I think. Uh, Maybe I should have looked into why they split up but she was in one of his films she was in Hard to Kill oh. um,
2: so how old is she now then
1: oh must be 50s so like early 60s, that, 60s something I saw a picture of her while I was researching
2: um, does she no uh,
1: time's been as kind as it can be
2: oh right so she's not been a big fan of plastic surgery then
1: uh, maybe oh time's been kind but then obviously there's you can push back on time uh, thanks to uh, a plastic surgeon um
2: maybe it was the lad in, in the film it was a lad in no the lad that played like the blonde person's yeah. friend maybe he's the plastic surgeon
1: oh crikey no 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 he's, he's still he's still working um he's still doing things I just I just don't recognise any of them so oh okay um, Right, like, uh, 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 this isn't an early edition of Little Does She Know. It isn't. It genuinely isn't. <laughs> However, oh. Bill Paxton, can you give me one film he's been in? No. Generally considered to utter one of the greatest lines in science fiction, if not movie history. No. No. Okay. Well, it's actually in order I'm going to do uh, do these films, and the one is The Greatest Line. Um, he played Hudson in uh, Aliens, and uttered the immortal the line, Game over, man, game over.
2: Didn't even know which that line. Which is
1: consistently voted either in the top three or, or the top, one of the top lines, uh, apart from, obviously, some very good competition with You're Going to Need a Bigger Boat, which is the greatest line in, in movie history uh, for me. But I mean, I'll go through some of the lesser ones and I don't blame you for not knowing the lesser ones. Okay, it's fine.
2: Well, I didn't even know
1: the top one, so. Didn't even know the top Well, I, I know. But then I, I think one of them you're going to
2: go, oh,
1: yeah. Right, Navy Seals. He, he he was in that with Michael Bean. Michael Bean played. <laughs> Is that like Hicks? a
2: wildlife programme?
1: <laughs> what, Navy Seals? Yeah. What, seals that are in the Navy? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well.
2: Wow. They just like, blue
1: dolphins used to carry bombs didn't they they used to send them off towards submarines or train them that they, was a they carried experiment. bombs what,
2: in like a little lunchbox thing with
1: their little flipper yeah because uh, the dolphin lunchboxes are quite popular so yeah <laughs> obviously they just thought well they carry these lunchboxes around why I should pack it with semtex hmm,
2: there we go then.
1: well no maybe not uh, he was also in Predator 2 he was good in that he was really good in that ah. the Predator makes it to the, to mm, the the uh, okay. to the city he was in Tombstone
2: no, I've not seen that.
1: The story of uh, White Earp. No, oh, that's very good. True Lies. Come on, give me give me a flicker of acknowledgement. The car, The, the, the guy that the, she was... Arnie
2: the, the, Schwarzenegger.
1: The guy that he thought and, she was having the the affair with.
2: And what's the face?
1: From and Jamie and Curtis. Wonder. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's that film, isn't yes. it? Where yes. she's pretending to be an undercover agent and they're telling her to dance. Yes. That one. Yeah. I didn't know he was in you that. You didn't remember?
1: Okay. Well, do you know what? We've got three good attempts now in order to hit payday. oh Are you ready?
2: Right, come on then.
1: Apollo 13.
2: Can't remember it.
1: Good Lord. There was only three of them in the capsule, right? Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon and Bill Paxton. Well, I know Why it's about paid? a spaceship. It's about a spaceship. There you like, go. Like
2: a rocket thing.
1: Uh, uh, well, I'm kind of guessing you think that Apollo 13 is a science fiction film. Because it's set in space. No, <laughs> it isn't. Um, Twister. Come not on, seen it. Billy and Twister. Twister is one of my favourite films of the nineties.
2: Okay, that's about the wind and not the dance.
1: Well, it is the twist, but no, Twister is.
2: It's about the wind thing.
1: And I no, know, I know it's not about the ice cream. But for our American friends, they'll go, "What the chickens is the Twister?" Well,
2: it's like, it's like um, a really nice you know sort, to um, it. fruity... It's
1: not really nice, it's passable. It's, oh, it's right. nice, it's, 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 it's right. fruity
2: in the middle. It's like a red fruity yeah, centre I mean, with cream. An lemon and lime health skelter ice cream, ice cream right. on the outside. Made the fi- by a wall. The film's
1: better, but then most things are. He um, was in Titanic, you know, one of the biggest films of all time.
2: Doing what though?
1: Uh... I couldn't remember. Oh, see, <laughs> yeah. thanks. No, yeah, no. But you, you
2: just, like, throw these was, films at me and then yeah, say, Yeah, he was, he was oh, there, Oh, but though. he was in Titanic. And then I say...
1: The one the one actor you're going to pick me was up he? on.
2: I've no idea. The one
1: actor you're going to pick me up on. Seriously. Why, thank you. Um, also, TV-wise, he was in a story... About, uh, he was in a show called Big Love. Um, and because I haven't watched uh, past episode... Uh, season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he plays John Garrett in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So that's for uh, Nerd alert friends who will go, oh, Bill Paxton, he's John Garrett, No, just shield. Oh, okay. Uh, but Vernon Wells, right, Vernon Wells has that face that when you look at it, you go, oh, it's him. So, Vernon Wells is the leader of the gang at the end that infiltrates the party. You know, that uh, they, they tell him to leave. Oh, the one is with like the, the metally face? No, 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 the one oh, with the, the metal that speaks. I
2: recognised him.
1: Right. Okay. Mad Max 2. Yes. Yeah. And he plays Bennett in Commando, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film.
2: I don't think I've seen that. Oh.
1: And you look at him and you go, Bennett in Commando is one of those great action characters. Because of the cheesy lines he comes out with, and because it's just great. Or the, or it's one of those things that I can't really describe, so I'm not going to. But all of those people that go, Commando Bennett, get, get it, got it, uh, uh, yeah, great. He doesn't have a lot to do in this film, but then
2: what well, year was that in? That, that,
1: that was 1985. <gasps> he, he went off this film.
2: Maybe we and, can do that next season
1: you want to do I thought you wanted to do more Van Damme than
2: no 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 I want action
1: you want action yeah. oh, well, okay <laughs> I'll just press pause um
2: well that was quick <laughs>
1: <coughs> yeah twice um so anyway um well that's a good time to end roll call isn't it yeah let's But yeah, let's, move, let's do commando maybe so um the story the loose story is um, they have trouble, these two nerds have too, trouble getting a girl so they decide to create one on a computer, <laughs> on, a, on a like mid-1980s computer oh, Could barely, barely get it to run Doom but you know, well in fact that time probably barely get it to run Elite but
2: the thing, you know what really me. really <laughs> made me laugh was all the computer graphics of it actually, you know, doing its thing when they've programmed it and they've Doing all these different measurements and putting yeah basically putting in pictures <laughs> random pictures of body parts and and things that she's yeah, well, supposed yeah. to like know about basically they're putting it into like a shredder I'm sure it's a shredder
1: it looks like a it looks like a laminator yeah but that, no no that's that was genuinely a scanner in the in the mid 80s oh my god
2: Absolutely. Right, Okay. and then um, like all the vortex graphics yeah that was so funny, but
1: don't forget. I'm sure
2: in... the vortex graphics alone would have taken all that time that they were spending to program.
1: <laughs> well, that's not the computer. The computer that he's got. There's no no kid would have access to that level of graphics on that. I mean, that'd be thousands of pounds of the you know. But don't forget, only a couple of years before, Matthew Broderick um, and Ali Sheedy, who's also in the Breakfast Club next uh, next time. Um, Started a, new, started a nuclear war with a computer in his so <laughs> you know maybe maybe these computers were more powerful over there than they oh were here but dear. as long as it ran horoscope scheme or
2: maybe children were more gullible in the 80s probably because they yeah, didn't really we, know about that, computers but that's much. what we
1: want look you know oh it did
2: so make me made, made me made me laugh though with the uh, is it five and a quarter inch
1: five and five point two five yeah floppy, floppy, discs. floppy disks floppy disk. yeah very, very nice.
2: You have to be very careful with them, not to bend them.
1: Yeah. So um, basically, they create this. They create this. Um, they create this girl. Create this woman. Sorry, girl. woman.
2: Far too old. Far, far too old well, for them.
1: Well, she was twenty. She was only twenty-three when she filmed it. Only. Well, yeah, but twenty-three. But then we'll get into the ages bit in a, in a moment. <laughs> Um, the, you know the, let's let's just backtrack a minute the film starts with them ogling girls basically in the oh in the gym in the gym, the gym they're ogling gymnastics. girls they're talking to each other and saying you know I'll never get girls what about those two honeys over there and the two people that come behind them are their boyfriends one of which is Robert Downey Jr so what they decide to do as soon as they went oh look at those honeys they go right shout out pull the pants down run away and and shout hey check us out and all the girls look around and they've got their their shorts around there and just in their white fronts. Mm. um so they get sick of this so that's why they decide to create the girl um it is it's fantasy stuff you know they're mm. putting um they, they create the girl obviously they start by giving them you know
2: what was the film big, they were referencing
1: uh it was Frankenstein.
2: Which version, though? I don't know because I've cause not I couldn't seen reco- that one. Before. Yeah, I
1: couldn't recognise it, but um, I, I'm sure it might be in no, it's all, it time. trivia. Um, but yeah, it's so they're watching it, but they get the idea of create the girl, create the girl, use all use all this computing power, and the fact is they run out of computing power, and then they hack into a local defence. You don't <laughs> know where it is, but he hacks the in magnetic so tape easily. Readers. This thing comes up and goes, ah, access code please. And he presses two buttons and you can go back and watch it. He presses two buttons and uses a thing called Crypto Smasher which bowls it away, complete with bowling sound and then they're in. And you don't know what they've got access to. But whatever they've got access to... It's not
2: multi-factor authentication, is it? It's not.
1: Ooh, the auditor. Auditor alert. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: But it's literally the easiest thing in the world for this guy to break into. Um, he gets in and suddenly he gets to this like glowing red area. And at that point, they start feeding in and saying, she's got to have a brain. She's got to have these looks. She's got to have this. And they've hooked up this plastic doll to like a sort of, <laughs> like, you know, sort of Frankenstein-ish thing. Yeah. You know, like a Barbie doll, isn't it, really? Mm.
2: But it looks like Kelly
1: LeBrot. It looks like Kelly LeBrock, which does help. They have bras on the heads and they're performing this <laughs> chant and stuff. Um, and in the end, they just press enter and... Um, all hell breaks loose. There's, you know, there's cloud. The, the the sky turns red. There's lightning everywhere. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're they're pretty much, you know, because they can't get the girl. You know, he's got the the, the obligatory girlful girlfriend. You know, girl from Canada and sort of thing. You know, when they were designing the breasts, he was like going, "Well, how big should be?" He goes, "Well, no, no, no." He says, um, "Anything bigger than a handful, you'd be spraining the thumb." You know, you're thinking, right? Okay, and that's where we are. Um, she's created. She did the, the 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 door to the the bedroom door expands, bursts open, and there she is. Um, saying, you know, dressed very scantily. What well, dressed as she was in the doll? Mm. Um, very scantily. knickers
2: and a crop t-shirt. That's
1: right. Every boy's dream at that point. Was it? Well, I assume so. <laughs> well, not well, every heterosexual boy, I suppose, but yeah. Um. yeah it was, you know, she's great and comes out with the probably not immortal line but what would you little maniacs like to do first Um, <laughs> which is great I mean it's a great line I'd have to give Kelly Lynn Brock and probably, probably probably being a bit um disingenuous here she's she's alright she's okay
2: yeah she's she's alright in the film yeah, yeah she acts is acts well
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: Looks Play, good. Plays the part.
1: Looks great. Um, Some
2: of the hairstyles are a bit dodge.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, they don't know what to do. <laughs> the guys really don't know what to do. The film, the film moves then quite a, a pace. She, she takes a shower, and well, they're no, that's in the, shower. the first thing that they want to do. It's the first thing they want to do is take a shower, but they won't take their trousers off. <laughs> so they've got the tops off, but not the trousers, and standing there in the in the shoes and the trousers um, which is really odd then they get dressed up because she says oh we're going to go out and they go okay now I've got to point out that um, um, that um it's actually um I can't remember his name it's But it's Wyatt's
2: parents Wyatt's
1: it's Wyatt's parents are away they've yeah. gone away Chet is looking after them Chet's the big brother we'll get to him in a moment they're, they're looking after so Pretty much, it looks like they can they can do whatever they want to because they're there on their own, effectively. Because Chet's in and out. Yeah,
2: Um has gone hunting, hasn't it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah.
1: So weirdly, I don't know what time of night this is, but I, I, I'm guessing it's about sort of seven or eight in the in the evening. He, he decides to put on this like blazer. They obviously don't know how to go out.
2: They don't know how to dress. I think it was his dad's blazer or something. Oh,
1: it looked very good. It looks very very cool. I was like, oh, Not. I kind of like that. What? It's very nice.
2: Before she changes that clothes.
1: Yeah, I kinda liked his blazer. I what? thought it was I thought it was uh I thought it was pretty cool. Anyway, something? My dad they,
2: would, would have worn in the eighties to so the golf club.
1: And there you go. My so dad
2: had some red slacks.
1: I'm sure your dad well, your dad's horrendous. You, we, dad, took the, um, we
2: took the mick out of him for wearing red trousers.
1: Well, love you, dad, and I'm sure he looked very stylish in there. <laughs> um but they, 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 she changes, because she's like magic and she can cause things to happen, she changes the clothes as they're walking downstairs and they can't understand it and they're going, oh, right, okay. She takes them to a bar. She
2: magics a car, she
1: magics a car out of nowhere. She asks them what, what her name should be and they say, well, I don't know, Lisa. And he goes, why Lisa? He goes, oh, well, that was the name of... Um, you know, a girl Gary's you ex... Yeah, you know, Anthony Michael Hall's ex-girlfriend. She went, okay. As she says that, changes to Lisa on the license plate. And you're like, okay, all right. Mag- we're in magic zone here. She takes them to a bar. It's predominantly like a, a sort of... Um,
2: blues bar. Yeah, you know, blues
1: bar. F- you know, f- predominantly for the black people. Yeah. And the gag is supposed to be that they walk in. the mu- You know, the music stops. Everyone looks around. And then she obviously clicks their magic fingers and everyone goes back to doing what they're doing creates fake IDs for them Um, and then next thing you know they're sat at a table with people um, and asked to drink you know uh, asked to drink whiskey yeah whiskey Um, and you're like uh, okay now bearing in mind at this point you don't know how old they are right but they are both uh, uh, Gary's 16 and Wyatt's 15 (laughs) Right, creating fake IDs they obviously look she's obviously worked the magic and said you know these people might look older than they are I don't know how it works because okay. these are obviously kids sat at a table drinking whiskey talking about sex basically talking about every, every, everything in the world everything in the world next thing you know Wyatt's a bit drunk so it fast forwards to like the early hours Wyatt's a bit drunk but Gary Anthony Michael Hall is hammered mm-hmm. hammered to the point he's now talking in a sort of Weird, sort of, you know, sort of blues accent. Yeah, but he's trying to be black. He's trying to. Yeah,
2: it's weird. Yeah, it's
1: very very odd scene. Um, I guess it would probably be very uncomfortable uh, now, when you look at it through those eyes. But then you know, this is thirty five years ago now. So thirty five. Absolutely. So, but it just makes you wonder that if they're going to he's he's drinking. And he's smoking this cigar, and he's playing a good part. He's playing a good drunk, and you're like, "How many times have you done this?" You know, because I remember (laughs) the first time I drank heavily. Right, I was ill. I was very ill, because your body goes not used to this. Not used to this. I wouldn't sit there at like you know some smoke filled bar at the time with with a nice cigar going. Oh, isn't this great? And and talking to everyone in a strange accent. I probably did do that later on but certainly not the first time I drank. And I'm like going, well, you, you're nerds. You haven't been out. You haven't been to any parties. I, I guess the closest you would have got is probably, you know, a, maybe a sherry or something at Christmas. <laughs> but I don't think they even do that. A snowball. In, well, whatever. Or a baby egg, egg, Eggnog, like in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> like, especially with those antlers, <laughs> the, the antlers glasses, which is like, oh, love that. But anyway. Um, but you also think, You've never been, you must never have been drunk before. You've never been this drunk before.
2: Not not that age, no. So what
1: happens is, they go outside to drive home and she says, oh, I don't feel like driving. Despite the <laughs> fact that she's obviously can magic herself drunk or she can magic herself not drunk. But she says, she hands the keys to Wyatt and says, can you drive home? And Wyatt's been drinking all night. And I'm like,
2: <laughs> and he's only
1: 15. And he's only 15. So he hasn't even got a license. So you can't even drive the car. So, that'd be really bad stop on your first one, whereby the first time that you get. So, yeah. Um, but then they get home. Chet's home. And Chet is the big brother who likes to bully Gary. Uh, sorry, Wyatt. Likes to bully Wyatt, but Bill Paxton plays an incredible character. All the catchphrases and stuff he comes out with are, are great. Really good. Wyatt's it's out on the the balcony, like it's, it's supposed to look like a really romantic scene. Mm. And he's going, "Oh, Lisa, where are you?" And she's like, "I'm right behind you." And next thing you know, is like the kissing, and you're like going, "He just told you he's 15." I mean, I don't know how it works over there, and I I know this is supposed to be like some nerd fantasy kind of film, but it's a bit odd. It's a bit. It's weird. a bit. Bit weird, but then again, sign of the times. But the ki-
2: um, I must just say, the kissing was better.
1: Well, it couldn't have got much worse for from you from, from Pretty Pink. No. Is that what you read? Oh, well, God, that was awful. You're still wrong about that. Um, so they then go to the mall. You first, you're introduced to Robert Downey Jr. Um, because they're waiting for the girls. The the two of them are sitting uh and saying do you know what life's pretty good you know look at look at all this no hangovers by the way when they wake up no real hangovers no
2: oh and uh they have their own
1: car as well don't they yes they they suddenly have their own car Mm. when they get in um so the night before chet gives both of them a hard time um one of which the lines i'll talk about in trivia time which i think is a great line but it was all improvised um uh, the, robert Downey, they, they, they like the girlfriend of robert Downey junior and his mate so what do what do they do they pour slushies them from the from the next level up it goes all over then everybody laughs next thing you know they're following their girlfriends down an escalator up on the other escalator is kelly DeBrock De brock dressed quite foxily and she darts them look and gives them no thing and they they, crumb, they fall over themselves to get up there to talk to her uh, she goes outside and basically says, oh, no, my uh, my rides, my boyfriend's, you know, are picking me up and stuff. And then they're the two nerds. <laughs> and it's a nice touch because it's kind of like, you know, don't like bullies to get away with stuff. But, um, yeah. Um, so, and then weirdly, the film at this point doesn't know what to do. Do they carry on and do other things? Do they, do they go on adventures together? Do they do something? No, it literally goes into... Um. let's have a party and she says oh I'll go and meet your parents she, she goes with Anthony Michael Hall to meet his parents so she says you need a party don't worry about it I'll sort it all out and you're like "Oh, that was quick the party takes up about half the film yeah which is weird it's very very odd because I know it's supposed to be like a centrepiece type thing but here comes here comes the obligatory John Hughes bit they go to meet the parents um you know, his dad, uh his mum and his dad are quite conservative, um, don't really understand, you know, the son, um, are quite rude, you know, are like rude to him. She's <laughs> she's like um I think one of the best lines. She goes, Oh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a party and stuff like this. And she and they went, party? What kind of party? Oh the usual chips, dips, chains and whips. Um and you know, the looks on their faces are like horrified you, you, you better leave this house now and it's quite a flashpoint situation she produces a gun <laughs> and puts the gun in, a, in in his dad's face, meanwhile Anthony Michael's going I don't really know what's going on he sort of backs down then it cuts to them leaving outside and she says um, are you going to smile, you better have a good time she sticks the gun in his face as the passenger and then squirts it and you realise it's a squirty gun
2: water pistol,
1: water pistol, squirty gun same thing, uh, um, and then so she realizes that, and then he goes, "Wait a minute, if I go back there to my home, my parents are going to kill me." She goes, "It's all right, your parents don't remember anything." Yeah. Cuts back to the parents. Strangely enough, the mum remembers and goes, "Oh, I wonder what do you you know, I wonder what time Gary's going to be in." He goes, "Gary? Who's Gary?" <laughs> so his memory's been completely wiped of of Gary. Um, for the
2: rest of the film.
1: For the rest of the film, absolutely um so you know she i mean she, she's threatened him she's threatened the dad she's like "Al, I'm, I'm gonna kick your ass right and it's just like wow um she said you know he's a good kid he studies hard and this is the john hughes effect yeah. the parents don't understand the kids at all they're pre- pretty hard on them even wyatt's parents you only meet them at the end mm. but even then they look like the, the type of parents you'd expect him to have with a house like that mm. you know the archetypal thing you've even got the older brother the older brother even makes it into the category of, of not understanding what it's like to be young despite the fact he's probably 25 <laughs> you know and it, it literally John Hughes cocoons the teens in his films mm. and everybody else outside is, is bad pretty much I mean I know there are exceptions to the rule um, but yeah they have this big party what did you think of the um what do you think of the party? What do you think of...
2: Well, I like, the, I like the line. I think it was in the trailer as well. If you want to be a party animal, you have to learn to live in the jungle.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: yes. The house certainly does turn into some kind of jungle. <laughs> it and, that's
1: some, and when you're in the jungle, it's some kind of party.
2: Oh, my God. I suppose, yeah. but yeah. Uh, what do I think of the party?
1: They start off the... the, she, she goes, the I don't know who,
2: where they found all those people from.
1: She, she, she magic them up. This is before Facebook. Well she obviously Well well who invited them then? Because they said who's gonna come to our party? Nobody's gonna come to it. She goes, Oh, I think you might be wrong. Opens the door and there's like hundred and fifty people outside. And the rest. Yeah, so that they all come in. This causes them to go into the bathroom uh, though. Right.
2: The weird thing is the kids all pile into the house and the first thing they do, they go into the dining room to eat food. And you're like no. <laughs>
1: yeah, the doors open. They come in, and everyone's grabbing for the food. And I went, no, no, no. Yeah, but
2: politely grabbing the food. Oh, it's not. It is.
1: It's not really. It
2: is. It's not like throwing the food everywhere or anything. No, they're but it's politely... a bit of a grabby
1: hands thing. It's yeah, not but they're
2: politely doing it. Yeah, but so... they're not.
1: They're not sitting there with a serviette in one hand and a, and a paper plate in the other, going, "Sorry, can I just get the chicken legs?" No, the, but the first legs? place that you
2: go is the kitchen, surely.
1: Just the the booze. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's a weird thing. All these kids are having parties.
2: Booze?
1: I don't remember booze being.
2: I didn't see any booze. No. Was it just a finger food party?
1: <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> she, I don't know how she advertised it. This is pre Facebook, so I don't know what she. Pre Facebook. She, she she must have planted um, a thought in all of those kids' minds to come to a party. Because how else does she do it? She phoned them all. Pass it on. I don't know. I mean, literally, it's just it's just magic. So she magic. Maybe half of them are fake. I don't know. Maybe there's some of them are zombies. Maybe this is a zombie film. Oh, I don't know. We'll stop it. Oh, who knows? Um, good scenes are that they're both holed up in the bathroom. They can't make it out of there because they're not used to having people around. They're He's not used up, to be too Nervous. He has a yeah.
2: nervous tummy, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the two girls. We've all
2: been there. Robert Downey Jr. Nervous tummy.
1: Absolutely. Um Robert Downey Jr. and his girlfriend and the other guy and his girlfriend. The girlfriends are outside waiting to come in. They open the they open the door, and go, Oh, it's the girls type thing. And they'd lighting in a match to try and get rid of the smell that's in there. <laughs> I just thought that's that's a nice touch. Um you the obligatory grandparents that go, Oh, having having dinner out. Oh, I wonder how white it is. Let's go and let's go and see how white it is.
2: No, you never actually understand what you happens ent- in the end.
1: No, you don't. Because they come in and they, they make a fuss and go... Um,
2: Call the police.
1: We're not going to stand for baloney. Yes. Um, and then he comes down and he goes, where's my grandparents? And she opens up the like the cupboard in the kitchen and they're stood there catatonic, they've been frozen in time. <laughs> um, which I think is a, a, a nice one. But then she she utters the line, which must be a John Hughes line, don't worry about it, well at least they're not ageing anymore. Yeah. Which is kind of like, <laughs> makes me think, you know... John Hughes' age? No, maybe. Um, But the girl, the 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 other thing that that concerned me is that throughout the film, every time the two girls look at look at Lisa, they're always comparing themselves. Yeah, they say she's
2: beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even, you know, compare in a in a small way to her. Absolutely. You know, why would you look at me and da 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 da? But they feel
1: inadequate next to. They do. And it's quite, it's quite, you know.
2: But I think, as a as a girl, when I was growing up, I did feel inadequate. Hmm. You know, probably not so much these days, but so I dread to think, you know, how but you
1: weren't looking at Kelly Debrack. How aims going to be? Oh. Well,
2: yeah, I was actually because that's nineteen eighty five. I'd have been eleven. So yeah.
1: At eleven, you were comparing yourself to Kelly LeBrock?
2: No, but I knew of her. Oh. Being oh. in the film, so. Yeah. yeah you are bombarded and like at that time as well it was all like you know the male chauvinist sort of James Bond kind of films as well right so you got that Octopussy and that kind of thing so it was all women portrayed in a particular way okay. and very beautiful women as well hmm. so yeah you you did kind of had have, have that image of beauty and what that's supposed to look like hmm. when you were sort of in the 80s and like I was given like a makeup set and I stayed in my room and learned how to, well, what I thought was learning how to apply makeup. Okay, well. My mum had a different opinion yes. <laughs> when I used to come down the stairs and had basically had a, a multitude of pink stuff all over my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, you know, I think you, you were, uh, for me, I was exploring my sort of beauty, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I think girls have it a lot harder now with all the media images. Probably not so much magazines because I think we've moved out of that magazine yeah, but we've era. We've moved now.
1: To magazines and onto Instagram.
2: Yeah, it's so it's even more accessible yeah. for girls, and with all the filtering and and, and you know, the, I know it's the it lines that, that are shown, and you know, when I was growing up. It was about magazines and mum used to get Cosmopolitan. There used to be a lot of, you know, very lovely, beautiful women in Cosmopolitan. And um, she also used to get the the magazine Family Circle just to balance it out.
1: Okay, don't, well, if you're going to look at one, don't look at Family Circle.
2: So you know about orgasms and how to bake a cake.
1: (laughs) Very good. Oh my God. Family Circle, are they the people that make the biscuits?
2: No, it was completely different. Oh, okay. But there is a brand of biscuit called Family Circle.
1: Yeah, I just wondered if it was tied into the magazine. No,
2: it's nothing to do with it at all. Right, okay. Um so yeah, as a girl growing up, you were quite aware of what was going on and also the um, at that time as well you you'd got, you know, the new romantic era. Mm. So you were seeing guys in makeup. Mm. So it wasn't a, and guys wearing brooches and frilly stuff. So you I grew up in quite a special time I would say. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm quite open-minded to stuff. Hmm. Um So yeah, uh, you know, going back to the film. Yes, there is a sense of what what is beauty at the end of the day? What is it?
1: It's not laid on and,
2: thick. And self-confidence. Um no, it isn't laid on thick. It's not really that sort of film, but I suppose there's an undercurrent of it and he wanted to sort of put a, a sort of social nod to it I guess. Hmm. The fact they've created this perfect woman hmm. yet they don't want to have a relationship with her. They want hmm. to have a relationship with these girls at their age. Hmm. Which is appropriate because having a relationship with yeah, that woman it, they've created is inappropriate. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Um I guess it's just well, the way that you just put that there, it's just made me think a little bit that, you know, when John Hughes gets it right, he gets it spot on, you know. No spoiler Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, pretty in Pink, spot on. There's some films where he gets it sort of right, like some kind of wonderful, um, in my mind, obviously. Uh, not No, maybe not yourselves. There are some films where he gets it right and he gets it spectacularly wrong, like Sixteen Candles. There's, there's bits in, there's re-watching all of these films and watching them in a short amount of time. I lord the genius of John Hughes, but equally there's part of me that goes, if you're such a visionary in certain areas, why are these bits in? I don't understand these bits. It, uh, you know, was this reflecting teenage life at the time? if this is a conscious decision to put this in, that they're, con- that they're not constantly, but there's enough in there to know that they are referring to and they are feeling inadequate, mm. is that his bit of leading in? I would just say hold that thought for Breakfast Club mm. because all of the things that I might think are wrong and all of the things you might think are wrong, you might find a, di- a very different perspective when you watch that film because it's, you know, it's his Citizen Kane. But... Um, yeah, that's just the way it is. Um, they have the party. Um, she, they, 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 they want everyone to go. Um, she conjures up, um, uh, you know, or sort of, sort of conjures up. Robert Downey Jr. says, and his and his thing come in and said, "Do you want the girls? Yeah, if you can create as a girl, because Kelly LeBrock's told them that she was created by White and Gary." So they go to try and create something for her using exactly the same method, bras on the heads. So there's four of them in there with bras on the heads. Created them. What do they forget to do? They forget to hook up the girl. What does get hooked up there is a is a nuclear weapon. Um, and two two nuclear weapons, is it two or one. one? Just one. One nuclear weapon comes through the floorboard, but it conjures up this this gang that are that are going to that, that come in. So, no, because, no, no, no! It, that oh, doesn't. is it just the nuclear weapon? She isn't it? She conjures up she the game because the gang. they're
2: they're too frightened. They're, their self confidence, yes, yeah, see, too they're low. inadequate
1: because they think that they can't do it. They yeah. can't do anything. They don't have the the confidence in order to do anything. So these bikers come in, crash through the windows, invade the place. There you get um, John Vernon um, playing the character, playing Bennett basically from Commando. Um, he he's actually got the same garb on that he had on in Mad Max. That's a that's a good bit of trivia. Oh, so that's how he looks in Mad Max, which is why people go, oh, recognise him.
2: I recognise the other guy.
1: Yeah, he's from the Hills Have Eyes. The they're the, the guy, the bull guy. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, he's been in other stuff as well. Well, they
1: used to call uh, is it Pierre Colligier the um, uh, the World Cup referee. He in the oh Italian God. ninety, yeah, oh, yes. and they used to call him that. They used to call him the guy from Hills Have Eyes. So that's who they were comparing him to. Yeah, go and look, go and look that up. It's definitely worth a comparison. It was everywhere at the time. Oh my it was just God. like
2: no, but I know he's been in other stuff.
1: He, he, yeah, he plays yeah, he plays that that sort of character. Um, they 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 like sort of get the girls at a headlock and you know challenge them and they step up to the plate and they 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 go from nerds into into confident people. He pulls out the the water pistol, <laughs> sticks it in his face and goes, um, oh, they they just suddenly get the bravado you know, get your ass out of here and, and really challenge him, mm. And they do, and then they back down. At the end of it, Wyatt's going, that's very brave. He said, oh, don't worry, it's a water pistol. Fires it, boom, it's, it's actually, t- <laughs> it's not, it's actually it's gone. <laughs> it is actually gone. But, yeah, um, they find love at the end. You know, it's all very quick because Robert Downey Jr. goes, give us give us a created girl and you can have the girlfriends. That's how throwaway they are to mm. them. So the girls, you know, the girls realise that they're with the wrong guys. Even halfway through the film they go, Well if we ditch these if we ditch these two, we'll never get into the parties again. So they're reliant upon Robert Downey Jr. in order to be popular. Mm. So you've got that bit as well. Mm. Anyway, they all realise the error of the ways and they end up with the girls at the end. Kelly LeBrock disappears. It's quite a nice, nice, nice scene where she sort of like says goodbye. But equally, you've got this underlying bit which is Chet, played by Bill Paxton he's been coming into the film so he starts out by confronting him after the night out the second bit is um, he catches Wyatt in Kelly LeBrock's, um pants um, and because he says uh, because he says that because he catches them he, he extorts money out of him and says I need your money I need this or I'm going to tell mum and dad um, and yeah but Chet gets his comeuppance at the end so you've also got that bit so they get the girls Chet is, uh, gets confronted by Kelly Brock, and she's like, "You're not to do this to them anymore." She turns, she turns him into this like beast thing. Yeah. But you know, like lizard-style beast with a complete like frog-type thing with a with a tongue. Um, and it's good. I and mean, it's good because he's played such a great character throughout it. We'll talk about him a bit more in trivia time because we're we're running a bit be running a bit behind. But yeah, all in all, it's a passing the time film. It's pretty good. Yeah, have you got anything to add before we get to trivia time? Then?
2: No, that's about it, really.
1: All right, okay. Well, let's move to trivia time then.
0: Yeah. Trivia time.
1: Okay, I was going to leave this one because I do like this one. According to Bill Paxton, Chet's line because Gary Anthony Michael Hall is drunk, he like looks at him and he goes. Um, if he if he baths, you die. Talking to Wyatt, right? Mm. But then he goes to him and goes, he's trying to make him sick. So he goes, how about a nice greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray? Mm. Um, was based on something his dad used to say when he was hungover, uh. which made him sick in, in life. So yeah. Um, in an interview at Comic-Con, uh, Kelly LeBrock said that when she did the kissing scene with the 14-year-old... He was fourteen. Wyatt. He was fourteen in real life. Oh God! He got carried away. He got carried away, and stuck his tongue down her throat. <laughs> After right. which, she told him, "If you ever do that again, I'm going to kick your ass." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that that puts a sort of when you watch it again, you're like, hmm. not as a uh, romantic. Um, no surprise for the next one. John Hughes wrote the film in two days. He, he writes them in a day. A day you know. Again a bit of the the, the genius, bit um, there's a scene where Bill Paxton at the end where he's talking to Kelly LeBrock, uh, so Chet's talking to her and interrogating everyone over what happened. The house is a tip it's everywhere it all gets put right by magic at the end, but you know, but if you look in the background, um Suzanne Snyder, who's the blonde haired girl mm. um, and Anthony Michael Hall are struggling to stay in character, but they're laughing they can't they can't help themselves. Uh, John Hughes decided, well, we'll just keep it in the film, because you can't really evidence, but you can go back and look at it oh. and see that the sort of breaking character. Uh, Kelly DeBrock's character name, Lisa. Do you know what it might have been, has been computer-wise, what the reference might be? It was first uh, Apple's first GUI, uh, graphical user interface, computer. So it's named after that, purely and simply, not because of the ex-girlfriend or anything like that. Okay, that's Um... Uh, so Vernon Wells said his first time visiting America was when he filmed this part in the movie because Mad Max was all filmed in Australia okay um and again after filming wrapped he signed straight on the dotted line for commando so <laughs> I thought that was great I love that uh Shermer High School mm-hmm. where that's set is also the name of the high school in The Breakfast Club but you'll find that out next time um I love this one. So, when the nuclear weapon comes up through the, through the, the floorboards mm. and is basically in his room, Robert Rustler, who was the other guy next to Robert Downey Jr., um, said the scene when the rocket came up through the floor was a complicated shot to set up. Right before the cameras rolled, Anthony Michael Hall farted, breaking the cast member's concentration and ruining the take. Russell estimates the scene cost $100,000 to shoot <gasps> because the tape was blown and they couldn't use it it had to be filmed in reverse so when you see it come up through the floorboards that's actually the reverse shot reversed it's When it, so they, they just ran, ran it disappearing so it's basically, so they, they tried to use the same shot to make it look like there because they couldn't With additional tweaks, they say, in post-production. Robert Russell said the first film he ever filmed as a professional actor was when Max dumps the slushie next to Robert Downey Jr. He also said the celebratory handshake he does with Robert Downey Jr., which is pretty cool, um, was just improvised there and then. (laughs) (laughs) So I think there must be good... uh, um, The John Hughes documentary, Don't You Forget About Me, Kelly DeBrock describes her character as Mary Poppins with breasts... Um, Not
2: quite really, I wouldn't go that
1: far. No, absolutely. Uh, the jacket worn by Kelly DeBrock, I and mean, she wore quite a few, uh, was sold to a pawn shop in Beverly Hills, California for $25,000. Yeah. I, I, you know, I would recognise some of the stuff that she wears if I saw it again. I'd be, oh, that's Kelly DeBrock's, that's the stuff she wears at the party and stuff like that. Um, Demi Moore, auditioned for the role. Uh, I don't think she would have worked as as well uh, that's the same year that they did St. Elmo's Fire so she plays quite an adult character in that uh, she plays an alcoholic basically that blows all her money in St. Elmo's Fire um, so yeah I don't think that that would have worked but I love this bit, this is great there's actually a TV series based on it, Weird Science which ran for five seasons wow well, I missed that completely Vanessa Rangel played Lisa people you would never have heard of played other ones um but the first the first that John Hughes knew about it is when he switched on the TV and it was on oh yeah oh, Can imagine. that's a bit
2: naughty
1: yeah absolutely
2: surely he owned the uh, the IPR
1: yeah abs- well definitely um Siskel and Ebert we always talk about those two famous critics and what they think about certain films because they do make it into trivia time where I get the trivia from Mm. Um, Ebert loved it from being a fun escapist wish fulfilment fantasy Siskel hated it and slammed the exploitative and sleazy aspects of the script so I guess they looked at it from probably the two ways that you you can look at it yeah um, on the TV show at the movies, uh, where they discussed Fright Night, real genius, great film. The Coca-Cola Kid, Weird Science, it said um, Ebert slammed Siskel for being up too, too up too uptight and told him, you sound like you're on the uh, parents' advisory committee. While the film was a big hit when it came out, most critics agreed with Siskel as a matter of fact, it's now thought of one of John Hughes's lesser movies, mm. not rising to the other levels like Sixteen Candles and The Breakfast Club. Um, uh, Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Downey Jr both went on to star the next year and, and did Saturday Night Live for a year missed that completely but they were part what's, of the what's,
2: what's obviously not Robert Downey Jr the other guy What has he been in because I recognised him he was in
1: Nightmare on Elm Street 2 oh,
2: I've not seen that
1: okay well no you definitely haven't seen that right, horror horror fans Um. I don't know, because I genuinely looked it up and couldn't really find anything that he was in, so that, that was a, another one. Um, the goodbye scene between Ant- the, the, the two of them and Kelly LeBrock actually moved John Hughes to tears. He was obviously invested in the characters, Aww. which I thought was nice. The large Chet puppet was designed solely to be operated by Bill Paxton, <laughs> uh, but he came too claustrophobic in the suit, so they they got two dwarfs. Um and cram them in and operate the creature I don't in think unison. You can call them that. Well, it says dwarfs here. Well it people, mean of, it's right. people of people um, of diminished stature?
2: No, that doesn't sound right either. Well, what Aren't does they sound right? Like? Little people.
1: Well, that sounds bad.
2: No, I think they're called little people.
1: That that conjures up the Sean Connery movie *Darby O'Gill and the Little People*, which is set in Ireland and full of leprechauns. So I doubt that's good. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't use little people. No, I'm sure it is. It can't be little people. Why wouldn't... Why you not you say people with, Adults with diminished stature?
2: Because diminished means uh, oh, quite negative, restricted, isn't it? Sta-
1: Restricted st- stature. Right. Anyway, in a final cut of the film, um, Max and Ian are last seen fleeing the party. Robert Downey Jr. and the guy. Mm. Fleeing the party when the bikers evade. A follow-up scene was shot in which multi-cloud Clouds engulf them, and they turned into a pig and a donkey.
2: Oh, that's a bit weird.
1: They then bend over to see the reflections in the hubcaps of a car, and tails ripped through the seat of their pants. the The producer insisted on cutting the scene, rationalising it detracted from a later transformation in the film, i.e. jet. Right. Um, so yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I love this one. In Japan, it was called Electric Venus. Wait, uh, sounds wait. Sounds like what do you, you think is coming? Which reporter for the Austin Chronicle once misheard is Electric Penis. <gasps> um, and obviously wrote those. Um, other foreign titles, in Danish it's it translates as Touch Me, I'm Yours. Uh, well, that's
2: the Danes.
1: Finnish, Swedish and a few others, it says here, Dream Woman. In Russian it translates as Oh, This Science... And German is. It's <laughs> <This is> great. <laughs> Sorry. Cool Magic with Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> that is just oh so my good.
2: God.
1: Yeah, should we, what do you want to go and watch tonight? I don't know. Should we go and watch Cool Magic with Lisa?
2: It sounds like some kind of magic film.
1: Well, it sounds like some very, very poor, poorly, poor magic show on Netflix. There's a few of them. Um, it was John Hughes's second movie that year, his third in fifteen months. Uh, he'd written earlier comedies, including *Mr. Mum, *National Lampoon's Vacation*. His first time writing, directing *with Sixteen Candles*. It, this was released, uh, which was released on May the fourth, nineteen eighty-four. *Breakfast Club* came out in February the fifteenth, nineteen eighty-five. Six months later, *Weird Science* came out. So he said the man was busy. Um, so yeah, John Hughes didn't know about *The Weird Science* one. Well, that was a, that was a great one. Bill Paxton showed up to the house party in the end in disguise. Um, Paxton, of course, played Chet. Uh, And then the Wyatt said there was a fun feeling of chaos on the set when the party scenes were filmed and that Paxton dressed in sunglasses and a trench coat and put on some kind of hat (laughs) and snuck into the background. Whether he's visible in the shots, says the trivia that made it into the movie, isn't clear, but if you spot him, you owe it to the world to share. So he is there somewhere. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall made twice as much money as Wyatt did. How much do you think Anthony Michael Hall got paid for this?
2: Uh,
1: $50,000. $300,000. What? Dollars. Um, do you, do you have the success of 15 candles? Six, 15 candles? Yes, and (laughs) and and the extra one. one, And the extra, (laughs) they dropped a candle. Um, so yeah, um, pretty much, uh, that was it. Uh, last last one is Bill Paxton got his character's distinctive military style haircut without John Hughes's permission he says his first day on set uh, he said I told the film's makeup artist I want to do a haircut that was really intense Paxton told the AV Club in 2012 he's the one who suggested the flat top but long on the sides and slick back um he, and he was afraid he was going to lose his job to cut it like that without having approved by the producer or director. But it, but it, he said, just do it. Fortunately, John Hughes loved it and said um, it was his favourite character because of what he brought to it. I think he pretty much, I mean, it doesn't say he, it, you know, for what it is, but, you know, we, we talk about Anthony Michael Hall and yeah, he's, he is great. Bill Paxton went on to bigger and better things. It doesn't necessarily mean one or the other is better in the film. Mm. But it's pretty clear that I, I would say, even though it's, it's implied, there's a lot of stuff that Bill Paxton just ad-libbed. Because hmm. then you look at, you look at Aliens, you know what? The uh, a year later, 86? eighty six, eighty six year later, and then you look at that. I don't know if Game Over Man was was improvised, but if it wasn't, it's genius, and it just shows that give him free reign, let him do what, let let him come up with his own stuff and take it from there but
2: there is something else in that film yeah i think we kind of pointed it out at the time okay but we haven't spoken about it at the moment okay do you remember when they were kind of in the house the party was on or the party was just over something happened and they ended up going into a different bedroom do you remember And the bedroom has got a four-post bed with frilly bits on, but Mm. it's not the mum and dad's bedroom because it's got children's toys in there. And it looks very much like a girl's bedroom, but I'm sure it was actually Chet's room.
1: It can't have been Chet's room because the door was in the wrong place. goes, there's a sign
2: on the door that says someone's room, but I couldn't work it out because I hadn't got my glasses on. Well, it can't be
1: Chet's room because Chet opens up the door to his room at the end and it's snowing. It's a completely different room, and then he comes downstairs. she says, Do you know it's snowing? Well, whose in my is room. that room then? Don't know because the a good parents call, right?
2: come home, and there's there's no daughter with them,
1: no, but they could be she could be expecting. I don't know.
2: No, it's full of like trophies, and
1: well, they are then. It's his, it's the dad's room. Mm. Oh, look. It's a bit weird. You've got, 20, you've got a 24-year-old supermodel at the time kissing a 14-year-old lad on screen. <laughs> I think pretty much anything goes <laughs> in, in no, this. No, but it
2: just didn't fit. It, I just didn't understand whose room it was. Right. I don't know. Well,
1: anyway, there we go. That's mystery. Mystery.
2: Can, any, can anyone solve that mystery room?
1: Yeah, please get in touch. It's a good idea to point out that you can get in touch with her on Facebook page, Rusted Junk just type that in you don't need to type all the other gubbins (laughs) in just type that and you'll get us we're
2: one and only
1: uh at rusted j pod on twitter and instagram so yeah just get in touch we'd love to hear from you we know there are avid listeners we know there are people that when this podcast comes out that listen to it we we look the next day and usually about we go like there's been seven plays and we've only put, there's only been on there less than 12 hours. we haven't hours. even advertised it. We haven't even advertised it. Someone's subscribed. We're very well, poor at least at that. seven
2: people have subscribed. Mm. Thank you very much.
1: I mean, you know, there are a lot of things that we've got to do because if we do Breakfast Club, after that, we're going to have a new theme tune. Ooh. Um, so, we could create one for season three, which is, I've just been, as you heard it here first, a scoop... Um, it's going to be action. We've got a few things in mind, a mm. uh, few films in mind.
2: It was actually my
1: choice. It was your choice, yes. as as probably this was my choice mm. this, this season. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I think you've had highs and lows in this. Yeah. Um. So, but all in all, it's not been bad. It's not been Leviathan bad, so don't worry. <laughs> or Prancer bad. Prancer,
2: I think. Oh, the, oh is
1: and here's lowest. something I need to put on. Sorry, sorry. I, I probably should take, take, take this offline. Um, but I've loaded our podcasts. As long as you put a picture on it, you can upload them to YouTube. Right. Okay, so I've uploaded the first season, basically all the way up until yeah the start of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think I have got that one on. Which one out of all of them? Which is which are the top two?
2: I've no idea because I can't remember what we've done.
1: Prancer and Iron Eagle. Prancer. Prancer has got 16 views, as in enough in enough for them to. And I'm like, Prancer on our stats. Is one of the uh, the lowest That's a bit rated weird. one, so yeah, it just goes to show people consume podcasts. Unless there's
2: another film or something called Prancer,
1: I know. But people would normally go you know, press play and then go, "Who are these two goons?" <laughs> uh, and then then not listen any further. But yeah, anyway, um, we're taking up far too much of your time. Maybe it's a um,
2: misplaced play.
1: Yes, absolutely. Anyway, um, as I said many times, uh, the next time we're going to do hook up with uh, Nerd Alert Walt Disney Podcast and they are going to come on and we are really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it because um, I get to watch The Breakfast Club in the next week again. (laughs) Um, Bit like Ferris. I pretty much know most of the the lines that are in it. Um, But yeah, I'm going to look forward to it as uh, no spoiler alert. Um, I think I've spoiled it enough. I think you know how I feel about it already. Um, But yeah, so that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to bid you goodbye and I'm going to say cheerio. Oh, is that it
2: then? That's it then. There's no little does she know. Like, for real. No, well,
1: we've overrun. I didn't think we'd overrun on this oh, one, but okay. yeah, apparently we had plenty to talk about. Oh, when it came sorry, to, guys.
2: Sorry, fans.
1: No little does she know. Uh, do you know what? I, actually, very, very quick little does she oh, you know. Go on, very quick. Yeah. No, no, no. Go on, shoehorn one in. Um, you may think I'm trying to trick you with this, but oh. I'm not at all. You have 10 seconds. Oh,
2: no. I don't like time pressures.
1: No, but 10 seconds. So 10 seconds to name me, <laughs> and you can't include sequels, or, or one instance of the character, okay? 10 seconds to name Robert. three films, Robert Downey Jr. Go. Oh, uh, the one we've just seen. Five seconds. Oh, I a thought of that that's coming um,
2: in. Oh, well, I've got in my head's mannequin, and it's not. Less than zero, yeah. and Chaplin.
1: Chaplin okay no Iron Man I mean oh
2: yeah Iron Man oh yeah that's the one that that got me into him oh my
1: god not literally but yeah anyway (laughs) I hope not um (laughs) anyway I know you're listening to this we know that Robert Downey Jr. listens to this podcast no
2: we don't well we do what
1: well we kind of do don't we he doesn't
2: listen to it we had
1: a hit from Los Angeles and I'm like well that's him it must be him (laughs) Who else could it be? Um, I don't blame you. Anyway, welcome, you know, Robert. You're always welcome on this podcast.
2: Is he Rob or is he Bob?
1: I would never be. I, if Rob you met Bob? Well, okay, so you, you met Robert Downey Jr. in real life. You go, hey, Bobby, how you doing?
2: No, he's not a Bob, is he?
1: No, he's not a Rob either. He's a Robert. He's a Robert Downey Jr. It's a commanding name. It's great.
2: But
1: you wouldn't just call him Robert Downey Jr. all the time. You go, oh, so you go up to him and go, hey, Iron Man. No,
2: you wouldn't do that.
1: Go on then. Right, well, how do you address Robert Downey Jr.? If if he turned up at the door and he was lost because he's trying (laughs) to find someone on the estate and he knocked at the door, first of all, you faint (laughs) and then you probably go all giddy and then you then faint again and then. And then I'd have to take her over and go, I do really do apologise for her. And then you faint again. And then he goes, Oh, I don't really need to know where I'm going. You need to tend to this woman that just keeps fainting.
2: Or well, maybe he just gives me, you know, a kiss of life or something.
1: Maybe you turn around and go, I love doing chances are. I don't know. But if I'm if I met him, I would I would like if I met any star, I've always got this in my mind. I would never reference their most famous thing because they must get really bored from it. So if I met Robert Downey Jr., I go, "I loved it, loved it in Weird Science, um, but I thought you were amazing in Lesson Zero. I, I really thought you were you were exceptional in that."
2: Yeah, I, and Lesson because than Zero. I'd say, did you not not even know CPR?
1: Oh, right. On that note, we are going seriously. That's the one thing that you say to Robert Downey Jr. Well, if you're
2: saying, you know, you can't reference any of his main no, films. No, you
1: can. You'd go, oh, I love the click in the end of, I am I, I am Iron Man. Uh, that's what you'd do. You'd say back to him everything that he's, he's heard a billion times, but he probably still loves it. That's fine. That's just my thing. No,
2: Don't I'd, copy say, my thing. no I'd say that me and you have an argument who the best um, Marvel character is, and I say Iron Man.
0: And I'll tell it to his face, it's Captain America.
2: humanity. Yeah, but he's not going to
1: disagree with me, is he? He's going to go, well, obviously everyone in the, the Avengers is is great. He's going to say that. Yeah, and
2: then and then you'll turn around and say some derogatory thing like, uh, I don't know, what did you say to me the other day about, um, oh, but anybody can wear a glove?
1: <laughs> it's true. In, in a straight-up fight... Captain Mark, Captain Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel probably beats everybody. Um, Captain America would just kick his ass, and he did kick his ass in Civil War. So yeah, with Bucky. But anyway, could have done it himself, as Captain America would say. I could do this all day. So yeah. Right, we are going. We're well overrunning. Thank you for sticking with us, without yeah. especially towards the end.
2: Where come on, let's go.
1: Right. Okay. So cheerio then.
2: To Pip. Cheers.
0: Rusted Junk, Rusted Rusted junk. Junk, Rusted Junk, The Forgotten 80s Movies, The Forgotten 80s Movies.